Welcome to The Art of You, an artistic approach to crafting a meaningful life. Hosted by Joel Judowitz and Ethan Davidson. We've been uh, discussing the idea of Tamim Tia Im Hashem being whole and complete with God. And uh, Rabbi Bloch started the session, he started this piece by discussing what is more important, to go into public service or private service. And he talked about the idea that, um, you know, obviously, if it's clear that you need your private service to survive spiritually, then that's what you have to do. There's nothing to talk about. We're not talking about a person who can't do both. We're talking about someone who's developing. And he said, if that's true, then the opposite is true. Then, of course, you have to develop fully and you have to grow. And the thought that he left off with, which was a fascinating thought, is that as people expand and as people grow, uh, things become more unified, not right. less unified. Choices mm-hmm. actually become less difficult because mm-hmm. it becomes clearer and clearer how uh, everything in a person's life begins to align with his personal growth, begins mm-hmm. to align with uh, and Rabbi Bloch's idea, which he's... Um, talked about over and over again, at least, you know, that we've experienced, is the idea of living deeply, not Mm -hmm. living superficially, understanding that we're all the way, all the way at the bottom of a tremendous spectrum, a tremendous universe of ideas. And as we get deeper and deeper, living a life of uh, depth, things become unified, things become meaningful. Um, and eventually the point is to reach the ultimate death, which is mm-hmm. becoming complete with God, which mm-hmm. is a life of, of total unity. Mm-hmm. So understanding that everything in this world are physical manifestations of deeper concepts mm-hmm. uh, in, in the most universal ways. It's, it's interesting to me because as a creative and an artist, mm-hmm. you're sensitive to the subtlety of experience. And in mm-hmm. music, I'm sure... You know, you find this as well. You, yeah. We were talking a little bit about cowboy music and yeah. old-time country yeah. music. Yeah. And uh, to me, it's like, that's a spiritual world. Mm-hmm. There, there's a world, there's a spiritual world of cowboy music, yeah. of Western, of old Western music. Yeah. There's There are feelings there of a home, mm-hmm. you know, and, and then home, the yearning for home, which yeah. is what you're, someone's out there on the prairie and he's, yeah. he hasn't seen home in, in yeah. a month and a half and he takes out his his guitar, and he sings about something. And uh, the yearning for home is a spiritual concept. So mm-hmm. once you dig beneath it, mm-hmm. there's something beautiful and spiritual about that. And if, mm-hmm. you, if you live your life understanding conceptually what's going on, yeah. um, Rabbi Bloch says, then that's the point. Then that's, that's the whole point of this exercise, is yeah. to try to get there, try to get away from the most physical. I, you know, I just worked on... You know, this is an interesting, another one of those things that might be a little controversial. Sure. That's fine. That's you all right. Know, that's, where, that's, all right. That's, all right. <laughs> that's okay. That's where we go occasionally, yeah. but not the end of the world. But I worked on a piece for Purim. Purim's a mm-hmm. Jewish holiday, and it's coming up. And uh, I created this this music box for a mm-hmm. client. So mm-hmm. it's like a little tchotchke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you have, um, you know, it's car- it's sculpted, and you have a little boy and a little girl dressed up in their Purim costumes, mm-hmm. and they're looking into the bakery yeah. of a, a baker, a Jewish baker, yeah. and he has the hamantashen on display and the cakes and the groggers, and they're revolving, and it plays mm-hmm. a little... One of those little wind-up things. Now, why is this controversial? It's not controversial, but the idea is that 
the client obviously saw this first as a Christmas ornament. It's right. pretty clear, right? <laughs> it's not that hard to figure out right. where they were inspired from. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, you'll see these trinkets around here and sure. there. And uh, to me, it's an interesting concept because there is an idea in Judaism that, that because we're sensitive to the truth, mm-hmm. the way we see it, if something is a distortion of the truth, especially for a Jewish per- person, even well-intentioned, but yeah. it's not the pure truth, um, we have to call that. We have to be straightforward about it. The, what, right. what we see is real, and what we see not. Mm-hmm. So, we're discouraged necessarily from saying, let's say, something which is, um, you know, uh, not necessarily a Jewish house of religion. This is a mm-hmm. beautiful. This is a beautiful entity from from you know really appreciating the aesthetics, mm-hmm. because it can draw us in. We want to remain pure and sensitive to you know we're, we're committed. We are the representatives the way we see it. Of of um, an original truth, and mm-hmm. we can't. We have to be. We have to maintain that sensitivity. We can't just say even if it's physically beautiful. But there's something exceptional to me always as a child. Uh-huh. I loved uh-huh. Christmas lights. To me, driving home yeah. from school, sure. loved it. Loved sure. it. In the winter, there's something magical about it. Yeah. And I challenge yeah. anyone. You know, I don't have to <laughs> challenge you. Want to have an open conversation? Yeah, you know, right, tell right. me. Tell me. Ah, yeah. they're just lights. No, they're fantastic. It's a beautiful, sure. magical thing. And it's amazing things. So there's something there, and and Rabbi Bloch, the way I understand Rabbi Bloch is saying, everything is real. If there's something there, you can't dismiss it. You can't be small-minded and dismiss it. Right. There's something magical of the experience of light in the winter and light in the darkness. And um, you know, the menorah represents that also, maybe in a more original sense on Hanukkah. Um, but capturing that vintage, magical, mm-hmm. there's something sweet and yeah. beautiful and yeah. neshamadik in that. And I'm not yeah. gonna, I'm not gonna, you know, go away from it just sure. because the, it sure. was originally done in a different context. That's fine. Sure. Now I'm gonna express it in the Jewish context in the way I see it, and I'm gonna use that feeling, and I'm going to take that and mm-hmm. put it to me um, into something beautiful. So. Yeah. You know, part of the mandate over here to me is you can't dismiss, you can't be small-minded, you can't right. say, um, you know, we only do this, we only like, mm-hmm. if, and we talked about rap music at one point, yeah, right? Yeah, so, so right. I'll put that on the list of things that to mm-hmm. me cannot be denied and must be in the Torah. Sure. So, as far as I can see, um, rap music, country songs, Christmas ornaments—they're mm-hmm. all in the Torah somewhere. Yeah. They're yeah. all there, one hundred, one thousand percent. And you know, yeah. like I said, you know, if this thing—if I get um, letter bombs sent to my house, so be it. But as far <laughs> as I can see, I have well, to say—I have to say what I say. God and, forbid that should happen. But right, yeah, I right. mean, look—it's um, you know, I think uh, what it is is it's uh, you know somebody whether it's in a country song where a guy is yearning to be home yearning for some kind of connection, which you find a lot of times in those songs. Or, like you say, with Christmas lights, you see that, you know, it's maybe, you know, we won't be putting those up by our house, but you, but you, you hope that the people that are putting there, what they're, what they're signaling is that they're going to have their own sort of joy, they're going to have their own sorts of connection with people in their family, and it's a, it's a time for them and their way to bring more light into the world as they see it. And it's a... If they, um, I mean, God willing, their homes are homes full of joy, uh, mm-hmm. homes full of uh, family connection. Okay. I think that's a great thing. Right. Right. So right. And like I said, yeah. for us, you know, there mm-hmm. is an aspect of it, which sure. is maybe um, a little bit tragic. Like maybe yeah. we feel the world could have gone in a better way. Maybe sure. things could have avoided some of that. And there's also associations where, uh, you know, we have a history with, with yeah. the church and we have history no with doubt. that whole thing. No so, 
Yeah, you know, everyone, we have to say things, is, it is what it is. But mm-hmm. in and of itself, in and of itself as an experience, mm-hmm. there is something touching and beautiful about a vintage thing, something about lights in the winter. Yeah, yeah. And, and somehow to me, all of that wonder yeah. has, to be, has to be there. So that all of the wonder, the, the wonder of walking in the winter and coming across this amazing, you know, winter wonderland. Yeah. And yeah. the 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 yearning, <laughs> the sweetness of a cowboy in the desert, you right. know, on, on his ukulele doing his little thing for from sure. home, for sure. And you know the power somehow of a rap musician who's expressing, you know, the the hurt and the pain of yeah. growing up in the ghetto. Yeah. All of that is in the pasuk gracious you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's all Absolutely. there. It's all there. And I think. Um, I'm not going to blame in Rabbi Bloch, and if someone sure. wants to call me and say, well, yeah, "Don't blame in Rabbi Bloch," you have your ideas. That's fine. I'm yeah, not blaming fine. it on him. I'm just, saying, I'm just saying what I see with my yeah, eyes. For sure. And uh, and there has to be, and not just there, mm-hmm. just the opposite. It's actually there in its most intense, pure, distilled mm-hmm. essence. Right. All of it's there in its essence, and all of that, what Rabbi Bloch is saying is, as you get deeper and deeper, that whole thing becomes unified that's part of an experience to me with the way i understand of godliness yeah you're beginning to to experience the wonder behind living right. and um and a little bit what we were talking about is the challenge today with technology mm-hmm. where our experience in daily life um it's harder it's harder to be in tune to feel the vibrations mm. i feel you yeah. know we're not as Absolutely. in tune because we're so Absolutely. we're vibrating with technology rather exactly. than vibrating with, with reality an, with another human being yeah or with, and with a person exactly. that's part, sure. definitely the part of the challenge for today for sure okay so let's hop back into what rabbi bloch was talking about and um yeah he mentioned an, epi- an interesting mm. episode from the gemara from mm-hmm. the talmud about this woman who was trying to do magic she was trying to do witchcraft and rabbi Hanina. Yeah. And Rabbi Hanina was not impressed. Mm-hmm. So this woman tries to take dirt from beneath the feet of the great rabbi, and she wants to cast some sort of spell. Right. That's her trick. Right. So she's sneaking behind him, you know, she's scattering around behind him. If I can only get the dirt. If she can only get the dirt, she'll have it. And then he stops, he sees her in the mirror, you know, at some point, and he's like, go ahead, go ahead, take as much dirt as you want, I'm fine. And the Gemara says, but what do you mean? How how did he do that? Does wasn't didn't Rabbi Yochanan say that why are our witches or, or magicians called that? Because they have some sort of power that they mm-hmm. can achieve something. They can frame a person in, in a bad light spiritually and bring you know certain energies you know around the person. There is such a concept. Mm-hmm. So he said Rabbi Hanin is different because he had merits. He mm-hmm. was not worried. He knew he knew that his bank account was fine sure. and, and he didn't have to worry about it. Now, Rabbi Bloch says, It's hard to understand this. Because what did Rabbi Hanina say? He said, The verse in the Torah says, There is no one other than God. There's no other power in the world that has any influence other than God. Mm-hmm. That seems to say um, that from that verse we learn that, that magic, there is no such thing as any force in the world that can supersede God's force. Yeah. And that's what Rabbi Hanina was saying. Well, you think I'm afraid of you? Right. It's only God, and that's it. Or it's, not, or it's not some force that's coming from some other place, right? I mean, right, it's nothing, right. Uh, there's no other there's source. no other place for it to come from. Right. There's right. no other place for it to come from, so I don't have to be worried about you. Yeah. But the truth is that we do find in the Torah that, that there, there is such a thing as, as evil forces in the world. There sure. is such a thing as forces not separate from God, but God structured the world in a way that we have choices of good and evil, and our actions produce certain energies. Sure. And those energies are part of reality so mm-hmm. when we do acts 
that are that are bad energy acts, there is energy created from there, mm-hmm. and people mm-hmm. there are people who know how to harness it. Right. Um, as Rashi said, with witches, there is such a concept that from heaven they might not have decreed on a person to die, and mm-hmm. he still will die as a result of magic, right. as a result of witchcraft. And, and the Gemara, at the end of the Talmud, when they discuss this, that seems to be the conclusion, that there is such a thing actually as forces of evil, except Rabbi Hanina, he was so great that he had nothing to worry mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. So Rabbi Bloch was trying to figure out, which way is it? Is there such a thing as powers of evil divorced from God's, not necessarily abilities, but from you know, a part of the system? The system is set up in such a way, or mm-hmm. is it not? Which way does it go? Like, you know, people today have a hard time understanding what that means, magic. It sounds like a fantasy. It sounds like an right. old school thing. And I understand right. that. But I think you can see it even today. And to me, an example of an evil magician would be Hitler. You know, sure. may his name be blotted yeah. out. Sure. So a human being who has an ability to, who's so sensitive to hate right. and anger, right. he has the ability to synthesize evil and magnify it and, and create you know, create energy of, of unfathomable, That's you know, right. destruction. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think you have to look further than that to right. see that there is exactly. such a concept as, um, sure. you know, you want a demon, that's that's a demon for and you. And to harness yeah. millions of people to bring, right. to get his... Right, to get know. his way. Yeah. So what is that to me other than magic? You know, yeah. that you'll say, oh, he was just a good talker, but it's more than that. It's more. The understanding is, and if right. you read his writings, and I have read it, because yeah. I'm just curious to understand, you know, I want to understand the phenomenon of it. Yeah, and, sure. And, um, sure. It's clear to me from reading his things that he understood evil energy. He understood how to synthesize evil energy yeah. um, and and frame it. You know, yeah. He understood the power of hate and the power of, of just... Um, I think hate is really the core of it. That's the sure. core of evil. For sure. Okay. He says, let me explain to you um, the, the, the um, explanation of it. It's true that God has given a certain amount of power to the other side, let's say, to the, the side of evil. On a certain level, it has free choice. This comes down to the original plan. The original plan was free choice, which means there is good energy and evil energy in this world, mm-hmm. and human beings have been given the ability to choose. Mm-hmm. And it's explained in the Holy Svarim. He's talking about the Kabbalah over here. If you want to understand the relationship of God to evil, it's like a dog, a a really nasty dog on a chain. So he can move, but he's still on the chain. He can run around to some degree, but he's still chained, ultimately. Can't go wherever he wants. Can't go wherever he wants. But it's like a really aggressive, a pit bull, mm-hmm. or maybe, right, a, I don't right. know, a right. little pincher or something. Mm-hmm. It sometimes appears as if they have their own strength, but they're not. At their, at their root, they're tied to God's will. And they have certain boundaries. They can't mess with the with the um, internal software. You know, they can mess around and hack a little bit into right. the system. Right. That's really what it is, but yeah. they can't get into the, the essence of it. Mm-hmm. They can't change the destiny of this world. 
and their, and their strength is limited. There are certain people that they have no power over, because these people are connected to God. They are planted in a pure place. They are higher than the powers of evil. There are people whose connection is higher than the level of people who know evil. You can't touch them because... They are rooted. They're rooted in somewhere more lofty and and bigger than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you want to go down again to talk about the modern day, you know, demon, modern day yeah. witch of, of Hitler, yeah. may his name be blotted out. There were certain people, even in the German community, who he couldn't touch, sure. even with his propaganda and his messages of evil. Um, there were people who were more rooted, were deeper, you know, sure. deeper, and even simple people, not necessarily sure. people. And these people made their own decisions. So mm-hmm. they were surrounded by an ocean of blackness. Yeah. yeah. Um, but these people somewhere in their souls had something that was rooted deeper. And they couldn't be touched by by this uh, you know, witchcraft, if That's I call true. it that way. That's right. And these were, in many cases, not Jewish people, right? right? Yeah, and exactly. Could, like yeah. you said, they could be sophisticated people or relatively simple people. But um, somehow or another... They were centered enough, or had a had a, let's say, uh, I don't know if you want to call it a spiritual awareness, but some kind of an awareness enough, mm-hmm. or a rootedness enough that they couldn't be uh, contaminated. Right. Right. And it's true. And to me, and it's, they saved it's, a lot of lives. They did. They did. They saved thousands of Jewish lives. You know, till today. Um, from all different nationalities. You have people from Japan, the Japanese right. consulate, and, and people from Germany, from Poland. And to me, it's also a fascinating question. I'm sure it has to have been that someone studied it. But sure. what, what was yeah. the answer? What made the difference yeah. between the people who decided yes and the people who decided no? Because right. like, we're not talking right. about a big percentage. And keeping in mind that these people risked their lives. Because if they were found out, you know, they were shot on sight. There was, no, there was no second chances in, under the Nazis. So we talk so much about... You know the power of evil, and there's been so much analysis about you know the Nazis and what made them evil. I'm more interested in what made people choose good, like what right. Right. distinguished those people. They looked like everyone else. You wouldn't be able to pick them out of the line. You know, this wasn't the exactly. village mystic. No, this was just a plumber. The local plumber yeah, said, sure. "Nah, not gonna." It was as simple as that. It's no, no, nah, I don't. I don't go for that. Right. You know that that's doesn't right. make any sense. Right. And that's it. Right. What is yeah. it? Because if we can understand that better, maybe we can we can um you know connect to it and and spread it like maybe there's a way there to connect to something to understand and maybe it's just too deep to understand maybe it goes too deep into the mm. human psyche and you'll never understand why one person did one way and you know is it something about their upbringing did they have a common you know did they have strong parents with strong there were right. many people with strong parents but they couldn't withstand the pressure sure so what is it that makes one human being say no this doesn't make sense and i'm not doing going along with this right you know, with this evil magic, and um, and what is it about that? It's an interesting question. It's amazing, right? Yeah, it's yeah. Amazing. Something worth thinking about. Because yeah. you say, oh, if I was in that situation, of course I would be from those. But yeah, it's not so simple, right? No, for sure. <laughs> and look, by the way, I think we yeah. should say that you know, even from the Torah, we know, you know, even though we're saying like, you know, this magic doesn't necessarily come from another space. It's like, but we know, the dog you know, the chain. like to go for another, you know. Um, like Hitler may his name be blotted out, we can talk about uh, Pharaoh, he had magicians. Right. And they could make, you know, right. they could make tricks. Sure. That were like, uh, 
yeah. looked like as good of the tricks that uh, the Moshe and Aaron was doing. Right, 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 exactly. If you go back there, the original magicians. Same. Until they got to one point where they couldn't well, do there it anymore. things they couldn't do. Right. That's Maybe that's the chain that the, that mm, the pit bull very is interesting, on. Right? Very interesting. Good Can point. only go so far. Exactly. Uh-huh. Okay. So someone who knows his master who is connected to God with clarity. He knows that God controls the world. And he feels fully that there is no other power other than God. Mm-hmm. They have no strength over him at all. Mm-hmm. Someone who's deeply rooted and connected. And there are stories, Jewish legends, Jewish tradition, of people who have been in dangerous situations mm. and they were focused strongly and connected to the idea of Ein Oid Mavadi. There is no power in this world other than God mm-hmm. and um, sort of like a force field around them. Mm-hmm. They just had like, you know, there's there's recorded historical incidents of that, especially the rabbi of Brisk. Yeah, sure. Escaping sure. during World War Two. Right. You know, on, on a train. And, and this is this idea is mentioned also in Nefesh HaChaim, uh, which mm-hmm. is, you know, the great um, book by... Uh, by Rabbi Chaim Velazhin, who yeah. is the one of the founders of the yeshiva system, and he yeah. talks about this idea too. A person yeah. who's in a situation of danger, if he can connect himself to that idea of Enoid Mavadoi, um, he becomes, you know, impregnable. Yeah. He becomes becomes something else. Mm-hmm. So worth knowing about. A little uh, friendly tip, have yeah, it in your back pocket. But absolutely. to me, what does that mean? It means yeah. that all of a sudden, it means that you have to be living it the rest of your life. You know, I don't know... It has to be real. You're yeah. not going to fool anybody. Right. You know, you have to right. be someone who's real about that. Move on. Obviously, we're not talking about someone who believes in God and he, like, you know, okay, obviously he believes in God. He believes God's connected to the world. It means that he has to have an inner connection and his heart feels that way. Mm-hmm. Um, because such a case, um, if someone just believes it theoretically, but he's not feeling it, it's not complete. So if a person's belief and trust in God hasn't seeped into every part of his being, hasn't saturated saturated him as a, as a human, hasn't saturated him as an identity, intellectually and in his heart, mm. it's impossible um, that he'll have true belief. Mm-hmm. It has to be it has to be a state of being. Mm-hmm. And certainly that's not what we're talking about, um, that, that he's going to be able to protect himself. It means someone who's deeply saturated by that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has to be part of his life. It has to be clear that this is how this person lives and how he believes. That's mm-hmm. the type of person we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And that's a person who's connected beyond um, anything that evil can penetrate. Right. So again, we're talking about we talk about uh, trying to figure out in the Holocaust what made some do better than others. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the way Rabbi Bloch mm-hmm. is saying it, what he seems to be saying, the difference is, uh, like, how deeply, how deep is it in the person? It's yeah. really, it's, it's a matter yeah. of depth rather than theory. It's right. not that one person believed right. differently. It's how deep was it in your soul. That's really what it came down to. And, yeah, if you ask the person, is it right to butcher people, to butcher children? They'd say, no, probably not. Many people would say, maybe not. Um, but then when your life is at risk, you come up with justifications. Listen, it's war. People are dying everywhere. You know, mm-hmm. who's not dying nowadays? Right. Well, this guy just, the city got bombed. It's war. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. What, do we, what can we do? Right. You come up with a justification unless it's so deeply rooted in you um, 
that that's what it comes to. That's mm-hmm. where that's where the source of it is. Mm-hmm. The depth of how how deeply you believe this. And I've I've talked about this also and I see it myself. You know, the, the Talmud says that when as we come closer to the ultimate destiny of this world, as the story reaches yeah. you know, as it reaches where it's supposed to reach, we're gonna we're gonna face very deep personal challenges. Sure. Without a doubt. Yeah. And what's What's the resource to mm-hmm. face those challenges? Mm-hmm. How do we face the challenges we face today? And we all do. Yeah. So it says, A righteous person will live based on his belief. Mm-hmm. That's what it comes down to. Because mm-hmm. either, to me, either you believe it or you don't believe it. And if you believe it, you can go to sleep at night and you can say, I've done everything I can do mm-hmm. for today. I've done everything in my power and I have permission to put down the knapsack yeah. of my worries. I don't have to carry it with me. Sure. And now it's God's, you know, I, I did my part. I mm-hmm. did my free choice today. Yeah. And the rest is in, out of my hands. Yeah. And if you have that, you can get up in the morning and walk. And if you don't, I don't really see how you can. Because mm-hmm. the chaos that we face so often in this world as human beings, and even more particularly today, because the world's more complex, I think, yeah. um, in some ways, in some ways, you might say maybe less. In those days, they faced illness and there was so much unknown. And that's true. But their choices were very limited. And, and I think today we face so many choices that, that adds a degree of complexity yeah. and the illusion that we're in control. Like maybe mm-hmm. in those days, mm-hmm. there was, everyone knew you know, that right. it was out of yeah. our control. But today it's like we control almost everything in our life. I control the temperature. Yeah. Of, you know, God yeah. doesn't control the weather. We can, I control the weather. We can do everything, we right? Do, or, right. Or so we think. Or so we think, <laughs> right. So we live in a state of illusion, yeah. except for the one, th- for, like we're so close and we're going to figure it out. We'll cure cancer and then we'll be done with God and that's it. And then we'll right. be good to go. Yeah. Basically, that's the only thing that we need him for at this point yeah. to, figure, yeah. to give us that last thing and we're, and we're good. Mm-hmm. But so today we have an illusion. And to me, I think that's where a lot of suffering, a lot of human suffering comes mm on the basis, because if you go back a little bit, there was no illusion. It was clear that chaos, that you had very little control. Right. And today, we control light. You know, there is no nighttime. I control light. I control weather. Mm-hmm. I control, you know, so much of my day. There's, I control food. I don't need the field. I don't have to pray for rain. I'm going to, you know, yeah. go to the store and yeah. I buy it. Right. You know, I control my ability to be wherever I want to be. I can be here or, you know, in a couple hours I can be in England. Sure. So I'm in control of everything, except that I'm in control of nothing. That's right. the only, the only <laughs> part. The only part that's a little hard to realize. And until it rears its ugly head and it breaks through all of your control systems and reminds you again that you have no control at all, actually. Yeah. And in one yeah. second, in one second, it's all gone. Yeah. And in one second, you're you know right back where you started, a little baby in the crib, you know, yeah, absolutely uh, crying for mommy. And that's yeah, basically right. what it comes down to. Yeah. So he said, yeah, so it's, it's about internalizing. The power mm-hmm. comes not from believing intellectually. The power comes right. from not, being part of your neshama. It's not good enough just to know this stuff in an academic sort of a way, mm-hmm. right? You have to really, it, 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 you become more complete the more that it becomes woven into the fabric of your being and not just some fancy academic exercise. Yeah. And right. I think that's consistent with what you pointed out, that it wasn't always the intellectuals right. who ended up making the right decisions. Sure. Sometimes it was very much the simple people. Right. Okay. And this is a proportional uh, phenomenon. To the extent that you're connected, to that extent you are above certain certain influences. Yeah. Uh, and and these influences include, he said, even we're not just talking about you know mm. in terms of Hitler and and socio, 
political influences. We're talking about even natural influences, even in terms of nature. A person who's connected to God um, can can experience the natural world differently. Mm-hmm. That's what he says. Mm-hmm. Um, they can't. These these low you know these low qualities cannot connect cannot uh, cannot reach someone who's so high. How, you know, it's, yeah. I don't mean to interrupt, sure. but I just you know it occurs to me like what we're really talking about here. Good example from the Torah is uh, is Bilam. Bilam, because here's okay. a guy that can oh. um, that that has the ability. Of course, it comes from God, but he has the ability to curse. Curse, right? Uh, but he can't do it only when he wants to do it, right. which goes back to your like the chain and the, the pit bull. Right. He can do it, but it's still going to be controlled. And the Jews, at some point, they're on such a high level right. that he comes to curse them, and it's he. First of all, he can't do it, right. and it has no effect. It's only later on when he sort of figures out where, let's say, their Achilles heel is, mm-hmm. and uh, creates an opening with. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we know the rest of the story, but the, sure. but the but the point is, is that. Um, you're on such a high spiritual level, right. as B'nai Israel was at the beginning, that whatever he could could do couldn't touch them, and then he wasn't even really permitted to do it at the beginning. Right. So, right, you know, yeah, that's, yeah, that's a great example. And he's Rabbi Bach is going to actually talk about example at some point in his book. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an excellent example because why why were, why were they so afraid? Like God says to Jewish people, remember what I did for you for Bilam, saving you from Bilam. Yeah. As if there was a clear and present danger. Yeah. Because there is. Because the world, the, the spiritual system, the machinery is set up in such a way that there is a concept of the dog on the chain. There is a concept of evil having certain abilities because God set it up that way. Sure. But now that he's set up that way, he does, with the exception of a person that's connected to God. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, this is a very part of a complex system with many factors. Rabbi Bloch mentions that as well because this touches the classic question of why do bad things happen to good people. Right. And you'll say, really, in the Holocaust, there are so many great rabbis, clearly great human beings, Absolutely. not just rabbis, Jews Absolutely. and non-Jews, who were connected deeply and spiritually. And don't tell me that they weren't. Yeah. And yet, you see, they couldn't escape it. Yeah, didn't they help destroyed. them. They got destroyed. It didn't help them. So how mm. are you telling me that someone's untouchable when he reaches a certain level? You exactly. see, it doesn't work that way. And Rabbi Vlach talks about it. He empathizes with this classic problem, which has yeah. been around a long time. And... and I think the way that the Jewish approach that I see is that we live in a complex world. We're part of a big system that has many variables going at once. And yes, part of the system, one of the rules of the system is that if you're on a high level, you're not touchable by evil if you're connected. Mm -hmm. But there are other rules as well. And there are rules that depend on time and depend on situation. And there is such a thing that in a time of great danger, there are times when Hashem makes the leash, leash much longer, so sure, to speak, than sure, it usually is. Sure. So, very hard to say, why does this work this way, when there are so many rules and variables going at once. We can only say that in a general sense, when you take a seed and put it in the ground, on fertile ground, uh, a plant will come out. Yeah. But there's many things that can happen in the world. You know, there's, depends. There could be hurricanes, it could be that spot didn't have the right nutrients. Sure. So... Because the counter-argument is, okay, so fine, you told me the world is so complex, then then what's the point of all these rules? What's the point mm. of trying? Because anything that happens, you're just going to say it's complex anyway. Yeah. 
Because the answer is, in a general sense, no. In a general sense, it does work that way. In a general sense, when someone does good, it's good for him in all parts of his mm-hmm. life. And mm-hmm. we've spoken about that. Someone who's in touch with good and self-control, those values lead to good things. Yeah. And it's not, it's not a coincidence that, that, they, that people who are deeply rooted in, you know, in spirituality have happier lives and healthier lives. Sure. As far as I know, it's actually documented, even scientifically, mm-hmm. that, that there's... Um, you know they're able to be more resilient. They're able to, they have more grit. They can, they can, they have, they have frameworks. They have a support system. They have a community, um, and and you'll say, well, we could do all that without any of the religion. Okay, you know what? First of all, my response is try it, try yeah. it and see, yeah. okay, and get yeah. back to me right. because we've been doing this, you know, for say, if you really think it's that because, yeah. because there's going to be points where you really have to have a deep belief. Really, it has to be super duper deep. It can't be a mm-hmm. self-centered, self-serving belief system right. because you're going to come up against things in life that are going to go much deeper than that mm-hmm. so if there's not something at the root of your system which is deep beyond you know self-serving i'll be friends to you because you're friends to me and 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 we're all going to you know be happy and positive together if it's not deeper than that i don't think it's going to last the test yeah. of time so yeah. let's see what sure. happens so my book said it depends on the person and and it goes it goes proportionally uh and rabbi and rabbi Hanino, Therefore, Rabbi Hanino, who had great merits, he was very great, higher in terms of his soul, and he, he lived the idea of Enaid Movadeh. Therefore, it couldn't touch him. Even though sometimes evil has tremendous power, like you see in times, like, like we talked about the World War II, that they can actually almost, they seem to be able to rebel against God. They seem to be able to successfully do whatever they want. Sure. Um, and, and therefore, Rabbi Hanina said to the woman, she said, take, take the dirt. It's not going to bother me. There's nothing you could do to me because I know who I am. That's what the Torah says, that God says to the Jewish people, I don't want to find among you evil magicians. I don't want to find among you people who, um, who engage in this practice of, right. of trying to tap into evil energy and use it for destruction. That's not the way. That's not why you know, I chose you as a people. Uh, because all these things, they only have power to people who are weak, who are not connected to God, who are not whole with God. Mm-hmm. And uh, But you, the Jewish people, you have a mandate of being whole and complete with God. It has to be connected exclusively with God directly. Uh, we don't have place in our destiny, in our... We don't have place for, for that type of situation, of connecting to evil energy, because the whole point and destiny of of what we're here for is the opposite, is to, is to connect to God in a totally complete way. Mm-hmm. Um, now he says, such a person who's complete with God, there's little separation between one mitzvah and another mitzvah. No separation between them. And you won't find one part of his service that doesn't manifest the completeness of his soul, even in the small details, even in the things that you might say are minor. Right. They all are manifestations of his totality. Anything that he touches is filled with color because mm-hmm. it's part of it, it's so deep in him. Um, and he's always considering that, uh, trying to think out, is this something which is aligned with the completeness, with the wholeness, or not? And is something which can be completed? And that's what uh, we, we find in, the, in our rabbis that they say, be careful with a light mitzvah as much as a strong or a strict or important right. mitzvah. Because right. you don't know the reward for mitzvahs. And what that means is, uh, to all Jewish people, don't, don't decide between one mitzvah and another mitzvah. That mm-hmm. You say, this one's not so important. You don't know what's behind it. But for this person, 
who is, uh, th that's for the general Jewish people. But for someone who's really complete with God, the whole thing is absurd to separate between one mitzvah and another mitzvah because any part of it would, would pain him. It, it's, it's like part of his body would be missing. Would I say that it's not going to bother me if a little finger is missing right. or a toe is missing? Mm. Uh, this is a craftsperson. This is someone who has made his life into an art form. And it's like, okay, Da Vinci, you made a great picture of the Mona Lisa, mm -hmm. but you know, the, her left hand, just leave it. You know, right, just yeah. leave it as it is. What are you yeah, talking about? It's yeah, like, right, this is exactly, right. right. You don't have to get her pinky right. You did such a great job on her smile. You know, yeah, it's perfect right, as exactly. is. No one's going to know the difference. Yeah. Of course, he couldn't do that. He couldn't yeah. do that if he wanted to. Yeah. He had to make, um, you know, this was, this, the point of it was the piece as a whole. This is part. Right of the whole experience. So if that's mm -hmm. true, then all the parts of your life are, are connected to that wholeness. So Rabbi Bloch is advocating very strongly this idea of understanding the power that comes from living a unified, deep life, a mm -hmm. life of wholeness and mm -hmm. a life of depth uh, that understands. And like we talked about like coming back from the beginning, the idea that all the phenomenons in this world, all the sensations and all their beauty and their subtlety and their wonder, um, you know, that's all part of the wholeness. It's all connected. We shouldn't dismiss it. And that doesn't mean that we respect the manifestations of it necessarily in, in the world today. There might be distorted manifestations. Because mm -hmm. like we said, it comes down the channel and it popped up maybe in the wrong way. But yeah. but what's behind them at the core, the wonder, the beauty, the magic, the, you know, the, the power and the mystery of the mm -hmm. world that expresses itself in so many subtle different ways... Mm -hmm. Um, that's all. That's all connecting to, to mm -hmm. what I think he's talking about. Connecting mm -hmm. to the Torah and in its most pure, raw form, the way the Jewish people are, the way we are constructed, we can connect to that most strongly in the Torah. I, I was showing my. Mm -hmm. I think I have to leave off with this. Yeah. But I was showing uh, my son recently this programming game they have online. Really cute for yeah. kids. Yeah. So they give you a little um, block and it says, "Okay, you create your little monster." Mm -hmm. <laughs> then you can take another block and plug it in and it mm -hmm. says when he gets to uh, four seconds in he's going to jump up and down yeah. yeah and then a third little piece connecting piece that says and and you know when he gets uh, to this part of the board he's going to change colors and you can plug in different parts mm -hmm. you know but you have to but it won't accept a part if it doesn't fit right in the order it has to be yeah. plugged in properly it has to um you know create a hole so it's the way I see it. It's like the Jewish people, out of the way we're constructed, we can access the deepest, most essential, uh, purest form of all of this energy through the Torah. That's mm. the way our that's mm. our peace. That's, right. that's the way we connect. Right. That's the way that God created us. How that works, I haven't seen anyone say how it works. That's like asking how does the sun shine. You know, you say you go through the science of it, but mm -hmm. that's. Or, or, you know, it's not a question of how. It's just the way God made us. And it sounds like it always comes down to me. It's a weird thing. You know, how discussing the laws of what happens if a cow gores another cow, how is that connecting to the beauty and the majesty and the subtlety of everything we've been talking about? Right. How is it there in that experience? And the answer is that you won't be able to understand it or explain it unless you connect to it. Mm. And it only works... It only works, the puzzle, the, the machine only works if it's part of a greater experience of connecting to God. You're right. Yeah. If you just study the Torah as an encyclopedia and, and laws, it's not going to do anything for you. It's not activated. Right. The machine, you know, the whole system hasn't been activated. But right. when it's part of an experience of connecting to God, yeah. there's something deep in our souls, in our history, in our genes, 
that that exercise, that practice um, connects us somehow. And that's part of what we have to do. That's part of our, our work. Thank you for joining us today. We'll see you next time.